Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're going to talk about the things that hold investors back from getting to 5, 10 or even 20 properties within their portfolio. And I think this is a great topic. It was actually given to us or suggested to us by Di Foster, friend of the show, who uh, had, who was on actually not that long ago. We recorded five episodes with Di um, talking about investing from her perspective, really from the emotional side of investment. And uh, I think this is really good. So this is really um, a question that I posed to Andrew about, well, what does stop people getting to 5, 10 or 20? Because you've done it yourself and got up to almost at one stage 40 properties, Andrew. So um, I wrote down kind of three main topics to cover. Um, Firstly, I think kind of there's that individual mindset. Um, We are often really, really busy with our own jobs. We, you know, might think investing in property is a great idea. We might go about buying the first one but then we kind of forget about adding on to the next one and the next one and time just slips away. Um, so I think a lot of people are really time scarce um, so they don't have the time to even go out and look for a property and I know I've been guilty of that in the years that I haven't bought much um, just because I've been so busy helping everyone else do it that I haven't done it myself. Um, I also think that a lot of people can be quite risk adverse. So I often hear from people, hey, look, if I um, expand my portfolio, there's more risk of vacancy. Actually, if you've got one property and it's vacant, you've got 100% va- uh, vacancy rate. So I th- in my mind, the more you have, the the, the less risky that is. Um, and, and I guess part of it is just sometimes there's a lack of drive to do it. Um, like going to the gym, it's much easier when you've got a personal trainer with their... F- I can't say what I was going to say, with their foot up your backside, making sure that you're actually turning up and doing what you said you were going to do. So I think um, if you are wanting to kind of get to that, you know, 10 properties or whatever, um, you need to kind of set that goal and, and have that as a visible goal, you know, on your fridge or whatever. And, you know, you're going to be asking yourself every year, am I working towards that goal? Um, the next kind of uh, uh, section that I want to talk about is just lending restrictions. So, um Firstly, banks can just be really hard when you get over a couple of million dollars worth of debt with them. Um, so the, the more debt you have, all of a sudden you fall into the commercial team, they assess your um, applications uh, with more scrutiny, uh, they might look at it based on you know your income might have to be 1.5 times your interest cover or something, rather than a normal debt servicing calculation. So that often becomes a bit of a challenge because we've only got a few main banks here in New Zealand. Um, LVR can be a big part of that as well. So um, with the LVR restrictions in place at the moment, uh, I know that there are a lot of investors who had planned to buy more rental properties, but with the restrictions coming in place, all that equity that they had which was usable is no longer usable. Uh, And so that can be a bit of a challenge. Just walk us through as well, Andrew, that last point that you made about uh, income needing to be able to service the debt. So just walk us through the differences between the standard uh, debt servicing calculation and the the commercial standard that that may be applied at the higher level of debt. Okay, so so uh, generally speaking, uh, banks will work on um, what's called like a net servicing uh, uh, equation. So basically, they take whatever your income is, and then they look at what your expenses are, and then they look at the loan. And often that will be at a much higher interest rate, which we call a test rate. So roughly your test rate at the moment might be about 7%. So it's about double what the actual interest rate is. And then, of course, they look at the loan as if it's principal and interest, even when it's interest only. So, of course, um, by the time they scale your rent back, so they take whatever your rent is, um, say $500 a week, they discount that by 25%. 
By the time you do that and apply a 7% interest rate and a 30-year mortgage term, or maybe even 25-year term depending on your age, all of a sudden you've got to get a really, really high yield just to be break-even in the bank size. So your properties might be making you money they'll still consider them negatively geared in their mind from a servicing calculation. Um, but then when you go to commercial, often they'll look at whatever the rent is and they might say, okay, you need to have 1.5 times your interest cover. So of course, that means that again, you've got to have a lot more income to be able to make that work. So often that's when people use, uh, you know, they'll take they'll take it until a case of your personal income. But if you're a full-time property investor and you're just working on rental income, it becomes really, really difficult. And just to clarify as well, when you say it's 1.5 times interest cover, so say that uh, under the normal debt servicing calculations, uh, my property is going to be negatively geared by like $10,000. Look at it this way. If your mortgage is $500,000, they'll say $500,000 at 7% on a 30-year term, uh, whatever that works out to be, then you'll have to work out um, how much income you need. It needs to be 1.5 times whatever that annual cost is. Yes, yeah, so if my so in the, if in the bank size that my property was ten thousand dollars negatively geared, that then multiply that by one point five and say you've got to have the income to be able to cover the fifteen thousand dollars. Have I understood it's, that right? It's more than just the the actual negatively geared part. It's it's what it would be if it was the higher interest rate and a thirty year term. Interesting. So it's a lot more stringent. Is really the message there once you get up to that. So how do you how do you uh, oh no we'll talk about the, the the third thing that holds people back before we talk about how to what investors can do to respond. Yes. So the third thing um, often people's uh, property selection might limit them as well. So um, depending on what they buy. So if you buy an apartment, generally you can borrow a lesser percentage against that. Um, so that might cause you. Uh, to use up more of your usable equity. If you buy an existing rental property under the current environment, that too uses up more of your usable equity. Um, and also from a cash flow perspective, if, you, if you're buying all these um, you know, high growth properties negatively geared, uh, then you're going to run out of money. And so uh, you need to kind of have a balance between good growth properties, but also complement that with a yielding property to help fund some of those so that you've got a balanced portfolio and you can hold them long term. Okay, so we've got these three things that might ha um, hold us back from increasing our portfolio. It's the personal mindset, the lending restrictions from the bank, and then the property selection, the, the properties that we're actually going to buy. What are some of the things we can do to get, a get around this or to break through these barriers? So the individual factor, I guess, that just comes down to you. So if this is truly a goal, then you need to set it, you need to make it visible, you need to be reviewing it, and you need to be making sure that you're actually adhering to it. Um, other than that, you you know, partner with someone like us where we actually keep you accountable. Um, from from the lending side of things, I think it's really important to use a mortgage broker uh, so that you have a range of different options of banks and the bank's not your friend. Um, and they might, you know, you might have a great personal banker right now, but when they change and maybe criteria gets a bit harder, all of a sudden it's going to be a problem for you. So it's really important to kind of look at spreading your, your lending across multiple banks, have relationships with banks other than your primary bank, so that if you do get a no at some stage, you can go somewhere else. And also, like for example, one of my clients yesterday that I saw, they're not in a position where we're going to be investing right now, but we will next year. So now we're applying for a revolving credit facility to fund their deposit with their bank so that next year they can write out a cheque for the deposit. They don't even have to go back to their bank and then they can go to another bank and get the balance of the loan. 
Um, as far as property type, I think it's really important to constantly review your portfolio. And so I'm going through this at the moment. I'm selling properties that don't meet my criteria anymore. So things that might be um, really high in terms of maintenance, um, they might be costing me quite a lot of money, getting rid of those things so that I can expand my portfolio. So just to recap those those three things as well, one of the, the three things that are holding you back, first of all, the, the personal mindset situation and what can you do there, I think the first thing is actually set a goal around it. You know, one of the things that's holding you back from buying 10 properties is probably the fact that you've never thought about buying 10 properties or thought that that was realistic for you. So by setting the goal, then that you move into, well, how do I actually make that happen? And one way you can do that is by using a property or financial coach um, like, like ourselves uh, because we're going to motivate you, give you the knowledge and the confidence to be able to actually go and do it. Now, the second challenge is lending restrictions and getting the lending from the bank. And the main message there from Andrew is cheat on your bank. And we always say this, you know, you know there are so many things you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't cheat on. You shouldn't cheat on your tests or exams. You shouldn't cheat on your partner. But cheat on your bank. Use a mortgage broker to be able to do that as well. So talk to a mortgage broker and play the banks off you. They're not your friends. And uh, third third thing that can hold you back, property selection. So I, what I'm hearing from you there, Andrew, is have some strict criteria and review your criteria, your buying criteria about what you're going to buy and what makes a good investment for you and make sure that your, your current portfolio meets that new criteria. And if not, restructure that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap it up there. But of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And uh, we're very proud to be the number one business podcast in New Zealand at the moment. And that doesn't happen without um, the very kind people who have who have made a rating or rated our podcast on through Apple Podcasts, uh, who have left reviews. And um, actually, who, who uh, when they see us in, in public or, or meet us, who mention as well, uh, you know, we really do appreciate that feedback that comes in, uh, whether online or, or in person. Now, of course, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, then why don't you check out our Epic Guide to Property Investment? This is a 16,000-word article, which is freely available on, on our website, opispartners.co.nz, O-P-E partners.co.nz you don't even need to put in your email address to to review this that's actually how how keen we are to get information about the property market the New Zealand property market into your hands um, so why don't you check that out or you can just google property investment or property investment NZ uh, we're always on the first page so you can just go there and click there um, and again that actually really helps us out in Google's eyes as well so why don't you do that Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insight to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. 